Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Napoleonicist. As another nod to Waterloo Week, today I'm bringing you a mix of reviews and some more general comments about a number of titles relating to Waterloo, which you may wish to get your hands on. An important disclaimer, I don't receive a commission for the comments that I make. If you're tempted by any of the titles, remember that many are available via The Napoleonicist bookstore, and there's a link to that in the description. First up, a re- new release from Pen and Sword Books by Christine Hughes Patrone, entitled Waterloo Witnesses. It's a widely known fact amongst historical enthusiasts that Waterloo is one of the most written about battles in history. As a result, it's rare to find a book which offers a genuinely fresh perspective on the battle, as so many writers choose to just simply rehash the well-known narrative using familiar anecdotes from a handful of overused sources. Christine Hughes Patron's new book, Waterloo Witnesses, is a break from that mould, as she seeks to provide a more rounded view of the battle, which had just as significant an impact on civilians as it did on soldiers. Patron's methods, as the title suggests, is to make the words of those who lived through this iconic event the focus. Letters, diaries and reminiscences of those witnesses are front and centre of the book in a lively and compelling retelling of the Waterloo campaign and its build-up. The concept of drawing much more heavily on the wealth of rich, though often neglected, source material is not unprecedented, as Gareth Glover's excellent Waterloo archive series has made a wide range of little-known accounts available to the public. However, whilst Glover's laudable aim is simply to make these accounts accessible to the public as verbatim transcripts, Patron deftly weaves pertinent extracts together in order to set the excerpts within their wider context, both chronologically and within the complex world of British high society. Patron is an engaging writer 
whose light touch and key eye for a good anecdote or pithy quote ensures that the book is an effortless read. The book is thoughtfully written, setting the scene incredibly well and providing a wealth of interesting information on the British expat community in Brussels who unexpectedly found themselves in the midst of a war zone in June 1815. Rightly aware of the importance of helping the reader to get to know the people behind the accounts that feature in the book, Patrone's thoughtfulness is again apparent as she provides contextual biographical information and takes the time to close the book with an epilogue relating what happened to those individuals after Waterloo. Above all, however, it is the accounts themselves that make this book such an enjoyable and compelling read. Patrone has chosen her extracts well and is acutely aware that sometimes having less of an author's voice can actually be more. The book pivots from extract to pertinent extract, drawing the reader in and not relenting until the last shots have been fired and the wounded treated. Thanks to the diverse array of voices and perspectives, this book can be at one moment amusing and the next harrowing, forcing the reader to reflect on the diversity of experiences and emotions that the participants of the battle, and of course its victims, were subjected to. I have very few criticisms to make about this book. Whilst Patron's decision to keep the author's voice relatively muted is a shrewd one, and generally speaking is great, it is noticeable as the book reaches its closing stages that there is very little, if any, commentary, particularly in relation to events on the 16th to 18th of June. That is a shame, as accounts of Waterloo differ so markedly, that it would have been a nice touch to just briefly explain where the soldiers whose accounts are being used were located on the battlefield and how that then affected their experiences. Researchers will be slightly frustrated to find that the end notes do not include page references, which slightly inhibits the ability to follow up on extracts cited. Readers should also be aware that this account is almost exclusively from the British perspective, and it would have been nice to have seen a couple of maps in there to kind of help people orientate themselves. None of those, however, are fundamental flaws, and those reading from a popular interest perspective are likely to frankly be oblivious of such blemishes. Well written, highly engaging and utterly compelling, Christine Hughes Patron's Waterloo Witnesses will be a very welcome addition to the bookshelves of Napoleonic War enthusiasts. By placing eyewitness accounts front and centre of her retelling of the battle and muting the author's voice, this book offers a window into the rich diversity of human experience and emotion during the final climactic episode of this conflict. So you can buy that from the Napoleonicist bookstore, or if you're a Patreon supporter, you can get 10% off Pen and Sword books, provided that the title is full price at the time you buy it. And if my patrons can't remember the code, there is a post about it on my Patreon page. Details uh, for all of that are in the description. Next up, I want to turn to a battlefield guide. This one is by Charles Esdale. It came out a few years ago uh, now, and is called Walking Waterloo, A Guide. I'm going to start, slightly oddly, with a quote from a novel. I rode to a hill where there had been a battle hundreds of years ago. There was nothing to see, nothing to touch or hear, and yet somehow there was. That extract comes from Kevin Crosley Holland's novel Arthur, King of the Middlemarch, and brilliantly captures the unique atmosphere that shrouds battlefields. By their very nature, battlefields are unremarkable contours of a landscape formed thousands of years ago by geological and geophysical processes, 
and have remained emotionless and silent since their creation. At the same time, however, they're imbued with a much greater significance, both historically and emotionally, by the events of a few hours at a certain point in our past. Anyone who has visited a battlefield will know the curious difficulty that the visitor faces of reconciling the tranquility that often shrouds these locations with the brief episode of noise, violence and chaos which made them so remarkable. Perhaps the greatest challenge, though, is knowing precisely what the visitor is looking at, for whilst the narrative of a battle may be well known, identifying the precise location of the pivotal episodes in a battle can be particularly difficult in a relatively featureless landscape. Battlefield guides are therefore an invaluable resource for anyone who wishes to really understand both the landscape that surrounds them and the events that occurred on the ground upon which they stand. The Battle of Waterloo, as easily one of the most famous, most important and most written about battles in history, is particularly well served with battlefield guides. Arfindal's On the Fields of Glory stands out as a particularly strong example for its sage advice on the complexities of visiting the region, its useful maps, and its detailed consideration of Prussian as well as British theatres of fighting. I kind of say that, British in inverted commas. And frankly, that whole kind of focus on the non-Anglo perspective is something that has often been lacking from much of the work on Waterloo. However, a gold standard was set by David Buttery's detailed yet extremely readable, engaging and beautifully illustrated Waterloo Battlefield Guide, which was so successful that a second edition was published in 2018. Walking Waterloo, a guide, therefore faces strong competition in a pretty crowded field, something which is acknowledged by the book's author, the preeminent Napoleonic-era scholar Charles Esdale. This publication is based heavily on work conducted in association with the Belgian War Heritage Institute, which culminated in the creation of a tour guide app, which is available for download. The app in itself is a very valuable resource, and though it is mentioned in the preface, it's a shame that more is not made of it, given its value, portability, impressive layout and relevance in the modern technological era. Nonetheless, Walking Waterloo is every bit as impressive. The book has been printed and bound with a careful eye for compact portability and durability, using extremely high quality paper and a very strong spine to ensure that the volume will remain intact in the face of sudden downpours or rough treatment at the bottom of a traveller's bag. The extensive use of colour photographs the vast majority of which have been taken by the author specifically to illustrate the volume, are particularly useful in helping the reader to orientate themselves on a battlefield which at times can be a bit deceptive. The photographs actually serve an additional purpose by illustrating a number of wider points made by Esdale about the nature of the landscape. As a result, this is a book which amply demonstrates its points regardless, actually, of whether or not the reader is standing on the battlefield. I had the privilege of road testing the preprint version of this book some time ago now, and it is, in fact, no exaggeration to say that it was a privilege to do so, since the benefits of using the book to tour the battlefield cannot be overstated. Even those who've spent years studying the period and are very well versed in the events at Waterloo itself will find themselves learning a great deal. The walking instructions are clear and precise, making each tour extremely easy to follow, Although, and I speak here with the voice of experience, having screwed this up myself, should you as a reader deviate from the instructions, I would strongly advise retracing your steps very carefully 
when seeking to rejoin the tour, because trying to cut corners can lead to visitors, at least if they're incompetent as I am, becoming lost. The layout of this book is very intelligent, being broken down into instructions that guide the reader to important locations on the field, followed by careful analysis of the events which occurred around each location. What is particularly evocative, however, is Esdell's decision to include carefully chosen extracts from accounts written by soldiers of all nationalities and ranks to bring the battle alive for the tourist. There are few, in my opinion, more moving experiences than to read the words of those who fought at Waterloo while standing on the very ground on which the events they described took place. Esdell's decision to include this material is frankly a masterstroke for engaging his reader with the battle on a personal level. Another of Walking Waterloo's great strengths is that it does not just offer one grand tour of the battlefield, though Esdell does provide such a tour, but also provides a sequence of small tours of other locations that were crucial to how the battle unfolded. Bespoke tours are therefore offered of the French position, the approach of the Prussians to the battlefield, the defence of Hougoumont, and the assault of Napoleon's Imperial Guard, amongst a number of others, amounting to a remarkable 32 hours worth of tours in all. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Esdell is particularly to be praised for resisting the temptation to simply duplicate material on those occasions where his tours overlap. Overlap is clearly inevitable, where the same ground is being covered by multiple tours, yet each tour offers its own insights and has its own unique flavour. The variety ensures that the book does not become stale, but instead offers a range of perspectives on the experiences of the British, Dutch, Prussian and French in the battle. Crucially, a very thorough tour is offered of the Prussian approach to the battlefield, an area which is far less well understood and for which Walking Waterloo has filled an important void. The guide is also laced with thoughtful additions. At the start of each guide, for example, there's a brief comment about the nature of the ground and the length of time that each tour is likely to take. Esdell has also considered that some visitors may be in a hurry and has therefore highlighted points where certain sections of the tour can be skipped if reader's time is limited. The book closes with helpful notes on visiting the battlefield, accommodation, transport, amenities, and recommendations for further reading, both in book and digital form, reflecting the author's awareness of the growing prominence and relevance of digital media in history. For those who are not familiar with the battle, its historical context and the armies and their commanders are covered in a sequence of brief, cogent chapters at the start of the book. 
Most importantly though, the book is amply assisted by a series of high quality maps, which not only show how various stages of the battle unfolded, but which also outline the battlefield today and pinpoint locations which are referred to in the text. There is really only one notable admission from the book. Whilst the battle battles, I should say, of Cachabra and Ligny are covered in the historical context at the start of the book, there are no tours of those important locations or of the area around Varve, where the Prussian rearguard engaged Grouchy to cover the advance of the main army towards Waterloo. That is undoubtedly a sacrifice that had to be made due to a lack of space, because at 300 pages, in its existing form, adding 40-page tours for each of those locations would have made the book really quite cumbersome and difficult to carry. Considering the high quality of the work elsewhere, though, it's nonetheless a bit of a disappointment that a way couldn't have been found to integrate the tours of those important sites, perhaps through the availability of a sort of unique online download for those who'd purchased the book. That blemish aside, Walking Waterloo is exceptional, being far more than a simple guide to a well-known battle and a well-trodden field. Esdell has not allowed his judgment to be clouded by a deep knowledge of the battle and its commonly held myths, and has instead approached the battlefield with a fresh pair of eyes, taking the time to examine the terrain carefully and consider whether the oft-repeated stories about the battle are actually realistic when an individual stands on the landscape itself. This book is therefore able to offer an insightful and highly persuasive re-evaluation of commonly held beliefs about the battle, notably, amongst other things, questioning the importance of Hougoumont as a key to the Allied position, and questioning how it is possible for the collapse of the Imperial Guard to have shattered the morale of the entire French army, when a ridge of high ground makes it impossible to see from one half of the battlefield to the other. The advantage of presenting this information in a battlefield guide is, of course, that the visitor only needs to look up from the book to see the evidence firsthand for themselves. This is therefore a book which is as important for the researcher as it is for those who have a general interest in the period. In Walking Waterloo, Charles Esdale has therefore not only created an essential addition to the suitcase of any visitor to Waterloo, but has also achieved the historian's holy grail. This is a book of huge significance to historians, but would also engage and inspire any member of the public to know more about this crucial battle, whilst not only informing them about discussions at the cutting edge of historical debate, but also physically involving them in that process and inviting them to investigate his conclusions for themselves. This is undoubtedly one of the most important books on Waterloo to have been written in the last 200 years. So as with Christine Hughes Patron's Waterloo Witnesses, you can purchase uh, Charles Esdell's Walking Waterloo, a guide on the Napoleonicist bookstore. Or again, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can get 10% off. Check the links in the descriptions for further details. Something else that I promised you was a run through of a few other books that I would potentially recommend. Um, some of these I'm more ambivalent towards than others but are all worthy of a mention for one reason or another. One book that particularly impressed me, particularly in terms of preparing the episode that you heard yesterday, was John Graham's uh, Voices of Waterloo, which seeks to do a similar thing to Christine Patrone's book in 
telling the story of the Battle of Waterloo and seeks to use a number of different accounts from different nationalities to tell that story. So you have French in there as well as the traditional British and some Prussian. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in the way of Prussian material, if at all possible, but there is some in there which certainly helps in terms of understanding the perspective. And I think it's well worth purchasing if you are looking for another retelling of the battle. Bear in mind though that in contrast to Christine's book, uh, Graham has focused exclusively on the soldier's perspective. So, you know, you get one thing with Christine's book and something else with John Graham's. It would be impossible to talk about important work in relation to Waterloo without discussing Gareth Glover's Waterloo archive. I think when the first volumes emerged, we thought perhaps it might run to four or maybe five uh, editions, but in reality has just ballooned into this massive treasure trove of material. I think Gareth is now on something like volume 19 or 20 and probably still going strong. Um, and the idea behind them is very simple. Gareth has gone into an endless number of archives, transcribed the, the um, letters and other documents that he can find relating to Waterloo within them, and has then published them. The first six volumes, I believe, were published by Pen and Sword Books. The remainder have been done by Ken Trotman. It's a huge project. Um, and whether or not you buy one volume or buy all 20 odd, um, you'll need deep pockets to buy all 20, um, but it's it's nonetheless an incredibly valuable return on an investment if you want to understand the experiences of individuals. One thing that is particularly great about these titles is the fact that Gareth hasn't just focused on British accounts, but has also put together dedicated volumes for the French and the Prussians, which is all incredibly beneficial in terms of trying to diversify the experience, the voice of experiences from the Battle of Waterloo. In terms of the best single volume that has been written on the battle, that's a challenge. There are some popular books out there um, by people like Jeremy Black, for example, Tim Clayton, which cover the, the story of the battle and, and how it unfolded. In terms of the best single chapter that I've ever read on the, the battle itself, that resides in a book by Russ Forster on the legacy of Waterloo, if you will, talking about the way in which Waterloo has been mythologised. And the reason that I particularly like Russ's account of Waterloo is the way in which he feeds together all of the different aspects of um, what's happening and, and makes you aware of the fact that everything is unfolding simultaneously. Most historians, and look, I'm guilty of this because if you listened to um, the episode yesterday, you'll have heard me do it in a kind of section by section basis. The, the typical way of telling Waterloo's story is to start with Hougoumont, then do Durlon's Court, then the Union Heavy Cavalry Brigades, then Ney's attack, the Prussians arriving at Plants Noir, Fall of La Haysant, Imperial Guard, end. That's the, the classic way of um, telling the story, but Russ makes it very clear how all of these events sort of feed into one another and interlink, which is something which is incredibly hard to do and is done remarkably well. So for that reason, um, to say nothing of the fact that the book as a whole is incredibly valuable in terms of understanding the mythologizing that's gone on about Waterloo, um, 
I would strongly recommend Russ Forster's book to you. As ever with these things, I also would highly recommend anything by Rory Muir. Um, and when it comes to Waterloo, I make no exception to that rule. So if you haven't bought the second volume of Rory's biography of the Duke of Wellington, he uses the first, I think it's 100 pages or so, of that second volume to outline the course of the battle, the course of the campaign, and it's done brilliantly as you would expect from the guy. There are other others out there. Um, so, for example, I was sent a review copy a few years back of Waterloo, uh, The Truth at Last by Paul Dawson, um, which in terms of making available extracts of memoir testimony, but also some raw data from archives is an interesting read. But in terms of understanding a non-Anglo-centric perspective on Waterloo, I would highly recommend Andrew Field's uh, book, Waterloo, The French Perspective, which is incredible at giving you uh, an insight into the French experience over the course of the battle, as the name suggests. That hopefully gives you a few recommendations for your bookshelves, as if you needed them. As I say, if you're interested in buying them um, from the Napoleonicist bookstore, click the link in the description. A heads up though, if you're on a tight budget, uh, you may be able to find the titles very cheaply at Naval and Military Press. A big thank you as ever to my Napoleonicist Patreon supporters, my Commander Patron Ger Brown, and my mentioned in Dispatches patrons, Alex Churchill, Anna Vakulenko, Beatrice de Graaf, Brendan Teeling, an anonymous Canadian, Gareth Copeland, James Bevan, Jamie Kingston, Jim Deary, John Haynes, Lucy Tatner, Rob Griffith, and Roy Muir. Join me tomorrow when I'll be bringing you yet another Waterloo special, which actually isn't particularly related to Waterloo. But Waterloo Day marks the publication of the first book to bear my name on the front cover. Apologies for the self-indulgence, but hear me out a second. This book is an edited collection, which includes the work of eight fantastic authors. And tomorrow I want to bring you a flavour of what you can expect within that book. So I'm being joined by Ed Koss, Vanya Bellinger, Andrew Bamford and Sylvia Gregorio Sainz, who are each going to talk about their perspectives and talk about their genuinely cutting edge and in some cases revolutionary research. We have interdisciplinary approaches, we have things about mental health, people's reputations, about the disobedience of orders. It offers an incredible variety. You can get a flavour of that tomorrow, and if you're listening in, you'll be able to get a 25% off discount code as a nod and a thank you to your loyalty as a Napoleonicist listener. Until then, I'm Zach White. This has been The Napoleonicist. Take care of yourselves, my friends. Stay well, stay safe, and as always, thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.